Your Awakening Podcast with Raphael. Deep dive into consciousness, embodiment, intuition and holistic healing with awakening coach and qualified counsellor, Empowered with Raphael. Hello and welcome intuitives, empaths and spiritual explorers to the very first episode of Your Awakening. My name is Raphael and I am so excited to be sharing with everyone today about me and the work I do and why this podcast is existing and for those of you who just want to know more about an awakening journey and an awakening coach. So today I'm going to do things a little bit differently for the very first podcast episode. I'm going to be sharing some quick fire answers to some of the questions that I've been asked about my philosophies, my journey, about awakening in general, and give you guys some insight into who I am as a person. A question that I always get asked is, what is your star sign? Now, to give you a bit of insight into my chart, my sun is Libra and my moon is Capricorn. So I always have this dichotomy between the fun-loving, free-spirited Libran and the organized, strategic, critical thinker Capricorn. So internally, I've got this dichotomy going on all the time and people can see that externally in the way that I write my books, the way that I coach. It's very structured and organized and very task oriented but still has this flow and this movement and this fun. My rising is cancer. So I also have this deeper emotional being. Surprise, surprise. What is my mission? Why do I wake up in the morning every day and do what I do essentially? Well, my mission is to make intuition part of the everyday life for everybody, to demarginalize it and make it accessible for anyone and everyone who's interested to learn more. It doesn't have to be a club that you join, whether you're spiritual or not. You don't have to completely change every aspect of your life. My mission is to support people in grounded intuitive development and grounded consciousness development and embodiment so that they can find holistic health in a way that suits them. It's also really important to me that people are empowered in their journey. So my mission is to help people understand that they can do their own self-healing work and impart tools and tips and wisdom to do that, as well as help people to see the consent piece in energy healing work. One of the things that I really love to do is to teach what I call spiritual health and safety. So this is all about the foundational safety practices that help support you in your more advanced intuitive work, but in a really safe way. And I find that there's not that many people who are doing deep intuitive work, doing this spiritual health and safety. So that's another big part of my mission. A lot of people ask me what was the most challenging part of my awakening. And can I answer most of it? No, but in all seriousness, I had some really, really rough patches uh, around the beginning of my awakening when I didn't understand what was going on and all of my spiritual abilities had all opened up overnight when I was drugged in a nightclub in Scotland. The weeks and months that led after that in terms of understanding what was going on with me and being able to navigate that in a way that meant that I could still travel and could still 
exist, but I was so convinced that I was going crazy during that time. Like I was like, I have gone crazy. When I go back to New Zealand, I'm going to be hospitalized and put in a freaking psych unit. Like I was so convinced that I was the only person experiencing this sort of thing that um, wasn't kind of locked away essentially. And so that was really, really tough, especially because I was traveling and I didn't really know how to navigate any of that awakening or any of my intuition. However, I've had some other really difficult times during my awakening, which have often been marked by a lot of loneliness and really big transitions in my life. So transitioning out of leaving Wellington, transitioning out of a long-term relationship that wasn't a very healthy dynamic, um, things like that where I was ending situations and changing and going into a, a completely new environment, but I didn't have a really strong support network. So things have been a lot easier for me, um, even going through hard times in having that support network of conscious humans and having those conscious relationships around me to support me through that journey. Okay, this is a bit of a cheeky one. What is your favorite hedonic activity? So I added this in because recently I've been wanting to build my relationship with my hedonism, so my seeking of pleasure. It came about because in one of my therapy sessions, my, count, my therapist uh, accused me of being hedonic and I sort of took that in a shameful way and then when I went away and thought about it I was like actually this isn't something to be shamed about like it's a good thing that I have this Libran part of me that's desiring pleasure and desiring this fun and so why not play with that and why not um, entice more of that out of me that energy so at the moment I've really been playing with Uh, hedonism through dance and through movement that's probably one of my all-time favorite ways of uh, increasing the pleasure in my life but also little acts so like taking a moment and giving my dog a really good cuddle or going out into my garden and picking some of the berries off the trees and enjoying and taking a moment to really consciously eat those foods and taking some deep breaths in the morning as I wake up and just noting beautiful views and all sorts of things that are around me in nature, but that I often would be glancing over. And I think a lot of people do when we're in a rush, we sort of, we glance over that beautiful view or we forget to appreciate the fruits of our labor or we forget to really be present with our children or our pets. So that's how I've been getting a huge amount of my hedonic experiences recently, especially given that we're still relatively locked down here in New Zealand and aren't able to go out and do a lot of those more um, typical hedonic experiences like festivals and, and parties and things like that. Okay, what's your favorite spiritual practice? Now, I have a lot, so I've just been sitting here thinking about what it would be. But I think it's probably actually just sitting down and having a big chat with my guides. So having a corridor, which is Tadeo Māori, for a conversation. And I'll get them to come in and I'll sit with whoever wants to have a chat with me. And it can be pretty harsh and brutal sometimes. Sometimes they're there to tell me, like, you're not doing things in the way that's best for your soul path. They could be telling me, like, why aren't you listening? Like, why aren't you looking at the signs? But generally, I find it a really beautiful experience because it's a way of connecting to 
my guides who are there and it's an opportunity to just tap in, check in with myself, have a good yarn. And I usually always come away from it having a bit of a laugh as well. So that's probably one of my favorite spiritual practices, but it's really hard to choose. What's my favorite grounded practice? This would probably have to be between two things. One, hiking, particularly with my dog, Noah. So I absolutely love getting out in nature, walking, taking him for a walk, seeing the pure joy and excitement that's in his eyes as, you know, a dog going out, exploring, him peeing on everything. It's just so, so wonderful to see that. And it really gets me out of my head and it gets me really connected back to nature. And it's often where I do a lot of the bigger picture thinking and a lot of processing. The second grounded practice that I absolutely love is cooking. I absolutely love it if I've got the kitchen at my house to myself and I can just spread out and make a really big meal, ideally cooking for other people as well. But the other day I just made a big uh, pot of like a noodle soup for my partner and I and I just absolutely loved like spreading out, cutting everything up, putting it out, organizing things. Again, it gets me into the real physical it gets me really grounded, but I can do a lot of that internal thought processes as I'm going without sitting there in a meditation. I like to do a lot of my processing and my bigger picture thinking actually when I'm doing something physical. So like a, f- a physical movement meditation as opposed to the traditional lotus pose sitting or, or even lying on a yoga mat and sort of letting things process. What is really important to me? In my work, what's really important to me is to have people feeling safe to create a foundation of intuitive and spiritual development. So that includes the spiritual health and safety, that includes building that connection and trust with their guides and their intuition and feeling comfortable to bring that part of themselves alive and working through whatever needs to be worked through, whether it's past life wounds, whether it's soul contract wounds, whether it's anxiety from this lifetime, about stepping into that intuitive spiritual path and whether you identify as a witch, a wizard, religious, spiritually connected, or you don't want to have a label attached to it. My big driver and what I find really important in my life and as a moral compass is to help people to understand what it is that they want out of their spirituality and to really go for that and be able to embody that and live that spiritual life. Additionally, that intuition everyday piece is really important. So making intuition accessible to people who have really busy lives, people who've got kids, people who've got full-time jobs that don't have time and don't have the space to commit to three or four hours of meditating a day. How can we bring intuition and that connection to our bodies and ourselves into our everyday busy lives? Outside of my job, what's really important to me is my lifestyle, making sure that it has a balance of exciting things and new adventures. I'm such a traveler at heart. It's one of the most important parts of my life is to be able to travel, see the people I love overseas, experience new places, whether that's domestically or internationally. My family is very important to me and my friends, my close circle of friends are so, so, so important to me and I put a lot of energy into connecting and regularly touching base with them. My dog is super, super important to me, Noah, my little bud who I've had for just over a year now and 
making sure that no matter what, even if I'm not looking after him, that he has a safe place to go to and a safe place to land and that he's um, maintaining uh, the beautiful lifestyle that he has. Also what's really important to me is consent in a wider context. So society having consent for people at an individual level. Um, structure and organization within societies that is tr uh, transparent so that people understand what's going on so what's really important to me is being able to know what's in the food that I'm putting in my body what's in the what's where's my taxpayer money going to uh, what's the uh, community projects happening in my area or the bigger governmental uh, focuses at the moment. Being able to have that transparency of understanding where my money is going, what is going into me and where I can be consenting in some of those decisions because I am really a strong advocate for conscious consumerism and being able to put your money where your mouth is and being able to have a, a piece of, of, of the say in the bigger uh, commercial wheels by choosing where you put your dollars. So not just, you know, if you're lucky enough to live in a country that you get the right to vote, not just about voting every three or four years, but making choices every single day about where your money is going, who you're supporting, and what you're um, choosing particularly to put in your body in terms of you know food and sustenance and media you know what you're choosing to consume so that's really really important for me and that kind of creates this overhanging um, sub umbrella of education which is the big philosophy behind a lot of why I do the coaching I do the way I do it and also my general moral compass and my desire for learning as well is that education is such a powerful tool and if we have access to education and we empower ourselves through education then we can become more consenting humans we can stand more in our individuality and we can be more decisive about the choices that we're making so it's really important uh, for me that education and and not just my education uh, of my my coaching but also wider that uh, education is made available to people at different tiers. Now that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, have the philosophy that I give all of my education away for free because I still need to be able to support myself, but it's a big ethos behind my business and the way that I structure it is accessibility. So making my content available at all tiers, right from free, really, really valuable content to support people and very low entry level content right through so that people can choose what level that they are at a, at a level to commit to and their accessibility level. Okay, a lot of people ask me about my coaching style. So if you've never had a coaching session with me or you haven't been, say, part of one of the global retreats or you haven't been on any of my masterclasses, then here's a little bit of a, um, a heads up. So I am a qualified counsellor, which means that I mix in a lot of counselling theory and a lot of counselling techniques, but I always have a coaching arm to this. So I'm very action-orientated. I'm all about small, actionable steps. So I'm always 
coming away from sessions with people with a list, often quite a long list, of small actionable steps that that person can take that we've co-created. So I'm not about going, okay, this is what you need to do, this is what's going to solve your problem, but also not on the far end of the spectrum of a counsellor who purely is there to listen and reflect back to you. I'm still going to be there to support somebody with actions and encourage them, and I'm very tools and techniques orientated. Okay, so what's my favourite part? Part of my job. I absolutely love the Empowered Awakening course, my group program that I run, because I just love seeing the friendships that are built, seeing the relationships that grow, and seeing how people can flourish in such a short space of even just a matter of few week, a few weeks. But over the course of the course, they just go in leaps and bounds but I absolutely love when people are contacting me afterwards being like oh yeah I went for coffee with this person or we did a zoom together and just being able to create a space where people can find like-minded people who are also on their spiritual journey in a similar way with a similar shared ethos and then how it grows into the master circle program after that, which is an invitation-only space for those people who've done coaching work with me. So I just absolutely love that group work part of my uh, coaching job, and I absolutely love writing. I've always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be an author since I was a kid, so I cannot wait to be getting my next book out there. I love all parts of the writing process, even the difficult, challenging parts like the editing and all of the tech that went into getting my book, Your Conscious Awakening, as an international bestseller on Amazon. It was just like so much tech going on. But even that, I still loved it because I really wanted to be an author. And now that I've made that come true, it's just so aligned. If I could change one thing about the world, it would be an acceptance of intuition and an acceptance of spirituality and have basic intuitive foundations and basic consciousness things like boundary setting, like connection to your body, like trusting your intuition, like connecting with your guides, all of that foundation, I would actually have that taught across the board in schools. I think if people could be more connected to their intuition and if it was more accepted, even if people don't want to be part of that, just like, you know, we don't we don't take on every practice that we learn in schools, but if it's offered to people, that then they have the opportunity to learn it and for it to become part of their life in an everyday sense and for intuition to become less marginalized and more of a everyday accepted part of how we live and how we connect to ourselves in the world. Okay, some quick fire questions. Do I drink coffee? No, I don't because I naturally have quite high cortisol levels and my cortisol levels get much higher and I get like shaking hands and I get headaches if I have coffee. So I stay clear of coffee. I do drink a bit of black tea, but I realized a few years ago that I had an addiction to coffee and that it wasn't doing me any good. So I quit it. Do I eat meat? So I classify myself as a vegetarian, but I am actually a conscious meat eater. So if I have been part of the process of the circle of life of that animal, so like if I've gone out and helped with hunting that animal, or I've gone out and I've prepared that animal, like um, if there's been some fish caught and I've like prepared the fish from like it being like an actual fish, or I've skinned the animal or something like that, then I will partake in eating it. So 
Uh, for me, it's a big part of the ethos that you're part of that circle of life and you know where your food's coming from and that it's coming from a sustainable source. So if it's been, um, you know, ethically sourced and sustainably sourced, like home kill, like we do uh, rabbit shooting for pest control here in New Zealand. Um, and so I will partake in eating some of the rabbit um, that that we that we gather and hunt. Um, but largely I am vegetarian. So I eat a very small portion of meat if I've like hunted it, but otherwise I am vegetarian. And when I travel and everything like that, I never ever ever buy uh, meat in the supermarket. Um, and so when I go traveling again, I will be 100% vegetarian again. Do I have pets? Yes, I have a dog, Noah, who is just so amazing. And I have five chickens at my place. What's my favorite color? purple but specifically that deep rich plum purple and that sort of rich fuchsia shade of purple not violet what's my human design my human design is a manifesting generator which probably makes a lot of sense with the type of person i am i generate things fast i manifest things fast i need things to be in flow and i need to be connected to that flow do I drink alcohol? This is a question people ask me a lot. And I think it's because there is this like uh, tightrope walk that some people have around spirituality and drinking alcohol. And people are sometimes surprised to hear that I enjoy drinking alcohol. And yes, I still drink alcohol. I will have a glass of wine with some friends or I have a cider with, you know, my housemates and stuff like that. And I will enjoy being able to partake in really healthy conscious consumption of alcohol. I don't use it as a coping mechanism. I don't use it when I'm having a bad day. I'll have it when I'm wanting to enjoy and just chill out. And I just have it occasionally. I used to have a very unhealthy connection and relationship with alcohol um, a number of years ago and I've been able to shift away from that coping mechanism or that dependency or that numbing and being able to sit in a space where I can really enjoy it now and I've been able to help clients have that shift as well so I still really enjoy having you know a glass of wine out and about with my friends. If I could go back and change one thing about my life. Mm, probably invested in Bitcoin like 10 years ago. <laughs> no, I think to be honest, I honestly don't think I would change anything really other than maybe investing in Bitcoin because I'd have, you know, an abundance of, of investment money now. But I would be so worried that things would change where I'm at in my life now. And it's been a hard journey, but I'm really, really happy with where I'm at in my life now. And I wouldn't want to risk changing a whole lot of those things. And I wouldn't want to lose the lessons that I had along the way that have been really important to making me the person I am now. What's my latest project? My latest project, I mean, I always have a lot going on, um, but is writing my next book, which is all on past life regressions and soul contracts. And hopefully that will be coming out before the end of this podcast series um, as the initial release of the ebook for you guys so keep an eye out on the podcast what is my mantra at the moment oh my main mantra that i'm absolutely leaning into right now and that i i love to share is you can have everything that you want just not all at once so being able to prioritize what is it that you really want right now what is it you need and knowing that you can manifest in everything that you desire just maybe not all in this exact moment and that it'll come when the time is right. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for joining for this short introduction episode to your awakening podcast. And I'm so looking forward to sharing with you all the learnings and lessons that I'm going to be sharing in the different episodes. So every second episode will be a learning content episode and every other episode will be an interview with an international global expert on an area of the awakening journey or on the area of building an awakening business. So Please stay tuned and hear more from those amazing experts and um, there'll be lots of learning lessons in between and I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Your Awakening with Raphael. If you'd like to stay in the know and get free meditations and suggestions and recommendations of content, you can join my mailing list at empoweredwithraphael.com. Or you can follow me on social media, Empowered with Raphael, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Skillshare for free content. If you'd like to work with me further, you can contact me through my website or fill in an application form for any of my programs. If you've loved this episode, we'd love to hear about it. Please leave a review. I look forward to supporting you in the future. Until the next chapter. Raphael.